Welcome back to the United Podcast for your first match review or match review of a win since the 13th of March. Um, last time Ronaldo scored a hat-trick, Larry, that was the last time we were able to discuss a win. And here we are over a month later discussing another win and another Ronaldo hat-trick. Where would we be without this big problem at Man United, Larry? Oh, I don't know, but if here's a problem, I don't want the solution, I'll tell you that much. Uh, how good he was today, again, just so clinical. I mean, look, the first goal... I think you or I could have scored that. Uh, nonetheless, he does get the hat trick. And, but the, the two goals that succeed the first, world class. He, he is world class. And you have to take his age into consideration. What he's doing at any age, let alone 37, it's not human. Yeah, well, look, it is definitely a debate for another day. And I'm sure we'll be having plenty of those. And it's a legitimate debate when Eric Ten Hag is finally announced. I'm sure it'll be discussion point number one, what to do with Ronaldo. And there is no clear answer. That is a sticky sort of situation the club has put ourselves in at the moment, but we'll sort of dissect that a little bit later on. But just onto the game, we'll sort of fly straight into sort of a match review and sort of try and keep this short and sweet. Um, weird game, weird feeling all around. There was that sort of protest before the game. I'll get your thoughts on the protest and how that unfolded. The lineup was weird in terms of not a not sort of any sort of defensive instinct at all in our midfield in terms of the the midfield tree of Pogba, Bruno. Jesse Lingard, the first half performance, while you could argue, okay, we have to, before we do any point, we have to sort of mention, okay, it's Norwich. But the first half performance was kind of good in regards to goal scoring chances and sort of going to win the game if we were at walking pace. Like, it was a weird thing. And I was always thinking, oh, I can understand the players and sort of looking forward ahead to the Liverpool match, thinking, okay, don't waste any sort of unnecessary energy. And I think, okay, frustrating as a fan to watch this performance, but at the end of the day, I can understand it from a manager and player's point of view. However, 10 minutes later when we're 2-2, I'm thinking, hang on, that's not conserving energy now. This is just poor effort levels. So it was interesting in regards to how the game played out like that. And then ultimately, you do have to factor in other results in terms of the way the Tottenham result went, the way the Arsenal result went. It should have a real big game feel or it should have a real big sort of feel around the result, but... It kind of does, but it kind of doesn't. So a lot to dissect in regards to the day, Larry. Um, just talk to me for a bit. Yeah, look, on the protest, I respect the sentiment behind it. Ultimately, I have to say it failed. Old Trafford was full when the whistle went to start the game. I mean, unless it's a collective effort, and by collective, like you need 80% of that fan base not walking in. It looked full. If you told me there wasn't a protest or there was, I wouldn't have known the difference. I was missing patches, but then I could argue, well, it's Norwich at home. That's probably why. So, I mean, it wasn't that effective. I mean, it looks good on Twitter when people with flares and a couple hundred people are singing songs about Joel I think I think that's the thing in terms of the message and there was no violence and it was all sort of peaceful and everything and the, the message is there. Well, everyone's 100% behind that. At the end of the day, the Glazers won't even be notified that that happened before the match. In regards to what a protest is, you look at whatever you think of the protest before the Liverpool match last season. It had an impact. It had an effect. Something yeah. happened. This one was just a march to the ground, which happens every single week. I think they took one or went from a different pub. Now, 100% respect to everyone who did it. We're fully behind it. But in regards to the ideal goal of a protest, there was no protest. No, it, it failed, unfortunately. But look, we'll wait and see. If it's a long-term thing, you might if get it continues, more If it, it continues, fingers crossed and brilliant. Yeah, for sure. Uh, on the actual game, I agree with you. I mean, it's hard to get excited as a fan base. What an awful season it's been, Tom. And not just that, the, the performance. I mean, you have to remember, taking away the excitement of the hat-trick, it's Norwich. 
this team scored 20 goals in the league coming into this game, and they found a way to score two against our awful and extremely expensive defense. Like, it's simply not good enough. Uh, if you look at United's defense that lined up yesterday, it's nearly 200 million pounds of talent. They conceded two goals. It's not good. It's not good. Um, the performance, United were okay with the ball, and I, I would expect a team at United's level to take the game to Norwich. We didn't do that. They dominated in patches, um, but ultimately United's class shone through, and that's why we win the game. But they're 20th. They're awful, and they're going to go down, and we struggled to to put them away. It's, and if Ronaldo didn't play, easily could have lost that game. And that's the scary thing. We're so reliant on a 37-year-old striker. It's it's hard to get excited. It's unacceptable, really. What did you think of the line? And look, I completely agree. But what did you think of the lineup? Because we just you discussed on the podcast last week in regards to Ralph Rangnick almost not giving up, but sort of just throwing everything out the window and just said it is what it is and just sort of getting on with his day-to-day job without any real plan because he's almost given up on the players. Trump, Pogba, Bruno and Lingard into a midfield together. Okay, yes, it's Norwich at home. Is it understandable in regards to that? Or is it also just, I'll just, I'll, I'll just do whatever, see if this works, um, see if we can get a tune out of this way. Like, Do you think there was any plan in regards to that midfield three? Or was it, okay, McTominay and Fred were injured, Nemanja Matic for some reason can't play uh, more than one game a week, which we can get into Nemanja Matic um, in a little bit in regards to the news coming out around him. But what do you think, especially just that midfield three, because yeah. we all do team selections before the game. I don't think that midfield three has ever been put in anyone's predicted 11 in the years they've been at the club. Yeah, it was wild, wasn't it? Uh, but you know what? I think it, it did work out, at least with the ball. Defensively, I thought United's midfield was easy to cut through. And, I mean, no shots there. It was a basketball there. game. Oh, it was a basketball game. It was very back and forth. But ultimately, I think the goals we conceded were not because of the midfield. Simply comes down to a lack of options. We, we don't... I mean, we needed a defensive midfielder before the season started. And then we've already said Manu Medic can't play more than a week a game. Uh, a week a game? A game a week. Uh, and then you consider McTominay and Federer. And look, for whatever you think of those two players, they bring you a work rate and they bring some solidarity to that midfield. So ultimately, Ralph Rannick had to decide, all right, well, it is Norwich. They do leak goals. If I play this side, well, hopefully we'll score more than them. And so you can say it worked out. Well, before we get on to, because there are positives from this, we did win the match 3-2 on an important match. So we will get into the positive of Cristiano Ronaldo and his goals. But obviously we did concede two to Norwich. First goal was weird because cruise control just before halftime, 2-0 up and the players' testimonial pace. And I think Norwich were happy to sort of go along with that. But then all of a sudden, I, look, I, there's four players at fault for me. So it's obviously Harry Maguire is copping a lot of the brunt of it as usual. Um, he's probably fourth at fault for me. I think there was a lot of other people. I think Delo, Pogba, Alex Tellez, all at fault far more. But it's a collective. Everyone shares the blame. What do you want to talk about that first goal? Because if that doesn't go in, we go 2-0 in a half time. I think that then allows maybe 60th minute, uh, maybe Alejandro Ganacho to come on, maybe Hannibal to come on. But suddenly we go in halftime 2-1 off the back of some stupid defending. Suddenly start of the second half, it's 2-2. It's a completely different game, a completely different season sort of looking. So what would you make of that first goal? Well, it was shambolic. You and I discussed it off air, didn't we? I mean, like you say, you're saying Paul Pogba is the one who initially loses his man. I'll take your word for it, Tom. I saw Harry Maguire losing Pookie. 
that that's what I saw. That Diego Delo deal awfully. He he's for me he's the main culprit here. You can say Pogba doesn't track his man, but Diego Delo has to deal with that ball yeah. quicker. I think ultimately he's the one at fault. Um, but th- this is the problem, and we've said it time and time again this season. The the bit like when it comes to your centre backs, they're almost like they're your shield when everyone else makes a mistake. The problem with our centre backs, no matter who it's been, Varane, Maguire, Lindelof. When it gets to them, they all make mistakes. All of them have led to have made mistakes leading to goals this season. Oh man, I, I don't know. I don't know where to start with it. In terms of your point, yes, it, it maybe it leads to the domino effect of the second goal. There needs to be a level of professionalism in that dressing room, though. I mean, you should go in there halftime, boys. We get the next goal. We, we don't concede another one, and then we go off and, and, and early in the second half concede another. It's just do you Lindelof think the players not paying attention? Do you think the players, in regards to that, we discussed against Everton, we looked like we had nothing to play for and Everton had their Premier League survival to play for. Now, you could say the same thing about Norwich. Do they have much to play for? I think they're down regardless of what happens. But let's say they're playing for their Premier League survival. How asked are United in regards to top four? Because let's say let's say they're only here for the money, which we're not going to accuse them of, but that's an accusation we throw out when um, performances aren't well and results aren't there. Well, they're going to get paid more if they're in the Champions League. They're, they're going to get more bonuses if they're playing in the Champions League. So regardless of what you think, okay, they're here for the money, they're here for the trophies, they will want to finish as high as they want regardless, whether that's personal ambition in regards to football ambition or financial. They want to finish as high as they can. They get more money or better football. They don't look asked in regards to going and getting top four, in my opinion. Well, you make that point, but that's for the players who are going to be there. With Eric Ten Hag and what we've heard coming out, Tom, I mean, none of these players are safe. If you're Harry Maguire, do you feel assured that you're there next season? If you're Cristiano Ronaldo, do you feel assured that you're there next season? Paul Pogba looks like he's going to leave. Jesse Lingard, we know he's going to leave. Nemanja Matic has come out and said he's going to leave. So you're talking about a situation where if you're there at the club next season, a lot of these players won't be. That's the reality. Yeah, that's a fair shout. Um, Just on to the second goal, because I do want to discuss Ronaldo's hat-trick. I've been saving that in for a a while. But Alex Tellez on on the second goal. Now, I haven't watched the second goal back. I'm sure there's one or two sort of culprits before the ball gets sort of played in behind Alex Tellez. But not so much on this one, but just his game in general. And here I am. I've been sat sat here for months, pretty much this whole season, saying Tellez should be playing over Luke Shaw. And I'm definitely not saying Luke Shaw should be coming back into the team when he's fit. Unfortunately, he's obviously had that little bit of a surgery on his shin. But... um, Alex Tellers in the whole game, and especially on this goal, it was looked like he was running in quicksand. And again, I don't, I don't think it was an effort thing. He just looked sluggish. He just, and I don't want to accuse him of not trying, but my God, it looked like it at times. He just walking pace. I haven't been impressed with him, mate. I, I don't like him at all. I can understand why fans were calling for Shaw to get dropped, and rightfully so. Tellers has not taken his opportunity. It's as simple as that. I don't think he's he's not fast to begin with. He's I've never seen anything that suggests he's quick but all the highlights from Porto again YouTube scouting good free kick taker good crosser uh, had 15 goal contributions the season prior at Porto that's what we thought we were getting and again he's you look at his crossing ability it's no better than Luke Shaw's actually Luke Shaw has more assists than him this season so case in point I, I, don't, I don't know I think his awareness is poor we're told he's good atta- in the offensive side of the game I don't know. I don't think United's really built to suit him, uh, and I, I don't think he handles the Premier League well. I just I don't think he's a United player. It's interesting. It's hard to argue off a back of a performance like that. And Tellers is one of the players I don't like to accuse of not trying because I think he does sort of put an effort in. However, it just looked, you know, in terms of you talk about speed, or he, he just looks slow, in my opinion. He looked like he's running, um, towing a caravan behind me. But um, any, any sort of other negatives or anything you do want to point out before we move on to Ronaldo? 
The one thing I want to bring about Harry Maguire, and this is regardless of football or captaincy or anything, it's one of the reasons I said weeks ago, that one of the reasons I wouldn't play him. And it's not because I don't think he's quicker or we play a high line or we play a deep line or he's going to score an own goal. It's just at the moment, just in regards to football narratives, he's a walking joke at the moment. Whatever he touches turns to absolute shit. And there was that time a couple of weeks ago he headbutted Cristiano Ronaldo. And this time, Larry, he kicks Paul Pogba in the head. And I'm just looking at it from a point of view. <laughs> Pretend I'm standing in front of you and we're both facing the same direction so you can see the back of my head. It's physically impossible for me to kick you in the head. Stand, stand up Harry Maguire. He, he defies science and kick, from standing in front of Paul Pogba, kicks him, kicks him in the back of the head and causes a deep little cut. So um, what do you make of that one? Was that just unfortunate or does it, there, is there something wrong with Harry Maguire in regards to how he goes about his business and the, everything he touches turns to, you know, what's uh, just what do you make there's, of that? Regardless there's a lot of wrong points. with Harry Maguire. There's a lot wrong with Harry Maguire. Look, I, I think like I've said it maybe a month ago. I, I think Ralph Rennick should be pulling him out, to be honest. Everything he touches at the moment turns into a mistake. I don't think he's as bad as he's portraying at the moment, but he's so short of confidence. The crowd's on him. Everyone's waiting for him to make a mistake every single game. So because of that, I just think he's he's under such a microscope at the moment. Just pull him out of the side, seriously. We're not going to perform any worse with him. Put it that way. That's a shout in regards to, look... We'll get into maybe tomorrow night. We'll discuss the Liverpool match and our thoughts going into that match. That could be a long evening. That is obviously Tuesday night in the UK, Wednesday morning here, Sydney time. But um, yeah, that is a preview for another day. But moving on to the positives, Cristiano Ronaldo did score a hat-trick. Um, Larry, I don't have the stats in front of you, but I assume over a professional career, most footballers, unless you're a striker, most footballers won't score 60 goals in their career. I assume a striker will usually score, maybe a top striker might score 200 goals, maybe 300 goals if they have a great career. Or Cristiano Ronaldo's 800-something goals. But as I said, I don't think most players will score 60 goals in their career. But um, he scored 60 hat-tricks. 60 hat-tricks. 50 for club, I think it's 10 for Portugal. Unbelievable. He is phenomenal. He, he really is phenomenal. 45 of those with Real Madrid. Uh, he scored two for Manchester United in the last month. Like he's, it's so interesting because I did a whole video on why he's not clinical and I, and I stick by that. But on those days when he is on, he is on. Like today, everything he hit just went in. Uh, and like it did against Spurs. If you actually look at his expected goals for this game, he was sitting on 0.98. So if you're looking at the stats, he should have gotten one goal. He scored three. And uh, look, like I said, I think the first one anyone could have scored, maybe that's a bit uh, fortacious. But nonetheless, the, the other two, the header, oh my gosh. That that, is I think that, that was the goal. We, we maybe get into the free kick that the goalkeeper have done better. In terms of maybe the best goal was that goal. The way he sort of flung himself to it, maybe similar to the Spurs goal. Actually, mm. quite a similar hat-trick maybe in regards to yeah. very similar hat-trick. I now look back at the goals. But that second goal, obviously a decent delivery by Alex Tellers, but... Okay, you can have a good delivery or a bad delivery. It comes down to someone's sort of desire to get their head on it and he had the most desire yeah. of anyone on the pitch. I actually think Ronaldo is the one player who I can't fault for effort. If you actually look at the Everton game last week, every time he lost the ball, there was one he lost the ball, he tracked back and won the ball back. So I, I, I never fault Ronaldo's effort. I think he goes out there and he gives 100%. Now, you can say he cares about his hair a lot. He, he likes to look good. He, he lives a lavish lifestyle and he does. But on that pitch, I think he always gives 100%. And it means something. I, I, I genuinely do think he he does see it as an honour to wear the Manchester United badge. I really do. And I think we saw that in that interview back in December. 
I think if United played to his strengths, he'd be on 30-plus goals. But we haven't really accommodated him. But you saw today, when you play to his strengths, when you put the ball in the air in threatening positions, he'll get you goals. The free kick, look, I think nine times out of ten, he's not scoring that. Tell me he, what you were thinking was, when he was... Tell me what you were thinking when he was lining the free kick up. He was either going to knock out one of our players or it was going to end up in, in row Y. Like, it's... He's not a good freak. He was a phenomenal free kick taker in 7-8 season, and then he forgot how to take free kicks ever since. Yeah, no, look, I did, definitely did not want him to take that free kick. I thought maybe a little bit far out for one matter, but I would have had more money on one matter to hit the target. But ultimately, maybe the keeper could do better, but ultimately it's a good strike, and look, it's very easy for us to say the goalkeeper should do better. When Ronaldo sort of rocketed a free kick towards you, I'm sure it's coming a little bit quicker than it does look on TV. Just one thing, in regards to you mentioned Ronaldo sort of off the pitch and maybe he does have, obviously he does have a selfish streak. He does have an ego. He, he does care about his numbers, et cetera. And that, no, no arguments and no doubt in that. However, two things I do want to point out. Little things, I might, might be reading too much into this. Let me know, Larry. But in regards to people always use that stick to beat him with, only he cares about himself. This is the reason why I do think he is a good influence to keep him around. Now, ideally, in a perfect situation, yes, it'll reduce capacity and we bring in another striker and that number nine role is shared. However, the influence that he does have, look at that first goal with Anthony Alanga. Just put yourself in Anthony Alanga's shoes. Young player coming through, playing at Old Trafford, living the dream of Ronaldo saying, come and do my celebration with me. That is something where I just think that'll stick with Anthony Alanga. You can see the smile on his face running towards the corner saying, oh, my God, I'm going to do this celebration with Ronaldo. Does a horrible attempt at it, but that's a photo that he'll have. He's probably already got it signed by Ronaldo um, or waiting for him to sign it when he comes into Carrington tomorrow morning. What a moment for Anthony Alanga. But then also Alejandro Canacho, his first time on the bench, unfortunately didn't come on. But here's Ronaldo who only cares about himself, giving him the match ball. And okay, it's something small. I'm sure Ronaldo probably doesn't have room for an, a 60th match ball in regard in, in his house. But that is something that just, yes, he does have a selfish streak. Yes, he does have an ego. But I also do think he cares about sort of the young players at the club and does want the best. He does. He, he sees himself as a leader. And he said it in that tell-all interview back in December, didn't he? He said, you know, any kid who wants to come learn from me, I'm, I'm here. But he also made the paint. But if the kid doesn't want my advice, I also won't do it. And, and you can see that those two play. Alanga has spoken of, you know, really wanting to learn from Ronaldo. Uh, I thought Alanga did well today, i, I got to say. I thought, you know, played. Yeah, he's got his limitations, but, like, he's a young kid. I'm not going to write him off. You know, I, I, I'd hope, I hope he kills it and becomes a world-class player. I, I doubt that might happen, but and nonetheless. Um, Ganacho, can I say my favorite part about the Argentinian slash Spaniard? Uh, if you've gone on Instagram... <laughs> He he calls Ronaldo the goat, and uh, he's got yes. um, he's got Aguero and half the Argentinian team giving him grief, tagging Messi and saying, "Come on, mate, um, I'm all for that. I, I got time for that." Yeah, now fingers crossed he does get an appearance. I thought it was going to be today against Norwich, but obviously our defending in and around halftime um, sort of stopped yeah. that opportunity. But um, fingers crossed we do see him get on the pitch at the end of the season. But Larry, we'll quickly go on to three, two, ones. Um, Okay, three points. Obviously, Ronaldo, are you going two for David De Gea? Because we haven't really discussed him. Match-winning saves? Yeah, match-winning saves. Um, it has to be. Look, look around the pitch. I, I wouldn't go two for De Gea. I thought, look, I said this to you before. I thought Lingard was phenomenal today. I you really that, Look, he was I don't know. Great. I'll have to go back and watch the match. My thing with Lingard... And another player we haven't discussed, Bruno Fernandes. Just in regards to the sun and maybe the boots they're wearing, I couldn't tell the difference between Lingard and Bruno. Maybe the positions they were picking up. I just, 
I was like I was watching the Tottenham game earlier. I couldn't see which player was which in regards to the shadows and the sun. It was just a weird one. It just nothing to do with football or anything. Just my eyes play tricks on me. Lingard and Bruno look the same player to me. So I'll take your word for Lingard. I'll disagree, though, just in regards to the importance of the saves from David De Gea. And we can maybe discuss Bruno after this. Obviously not for points. I thought it was one of his worst performances ever. Mm. I can't I can't look past David De Gea. If those, the save in the first minute, big save that goes in. You know, don't know how the old Trafford crowd turns. And then big saves at the end. I just We talk about the importance of Ronaldo's goals. Well, Norwich, if they scored, those goals would have just been as important. So for me, yeah. David De Gea has to be. Granted, De Gea, okay, I could go De Gea for two, one point. I mean, it's a difficult one. I think you could go Lingard or you could even go Pogba. But defensively, I thought Pogba let himself down. I thought he was great with the ball, brilliant with the ball. But off it, really left us quite open. Well, the name I'm throwing in here, and you can discuss to the viewers in terms of your sleeping arrangements in that second half, but the name I'm throwing in there, David De Gea for two, Cristiano Ronaldo for three. One matter gets a point. Best player on the pitch when he came on. You can tell me how much you saw of his sort of cameo. But when he came on, oh, he's too slow, he's too slow, he's too old. We will always play our quickest football when one matter is on the pitch. And he came on and it was touch and move. He lost the ball once or twice, but nine times out of ten, the pass is stuck. And it was simply he was getting the ball, pass and move, and suddenly there was movement. Because obviously there's questions regarding Ronaldo's movement up front or Rashford's movement up front. It doesn't matter. If you have someone moving, that'll naturally create space for someone else and someone else will move into that space. And I thought when one matter came on, changed the game because before that, when it was 2-2, obviously came on just before the third goal. When it was 2-2, it was one of those ones where you think, okay, maybe we'll score, but but maybe Norwich will score. When one matter came on and the emphasis was on United, it was only United winning. Now, obviously, without defenders, obviously, there is always a chance that Norwich could create something and score a goal but it felt a lot more comfortable when one matter was on the pitch. And given his limited days left at the club, Larry, um, I'm going to do as much as I can to get him a few points on this 3-2-1 board. I love one matter. You'll never get an argument from me, mate. Um, look, I'm, I'm happy to do that. I just, I thought Lingard played longer, Pogba played longer. Look, at the end of the day, like you said, def- well, I mean, like I said, uh, Pogba defensively lets him down. I can get behind it. I can get one for one. No, I like that. And look, Jesse Lingard, I have to go back and watch your performance. Do let us know in the comments what you thought of Jesse Lingard's performance because interesting situation as well in regards to playing both him and Pogba. Two players out of contract, two players very likely to leave. Was that the right decision by Ralph Rangnick? But do let me know what you think of his performance because it was one of those ones where I just looked at him and Bruno and they looked the same just in regards to their shape and the positions they were taking up. But on Bruno Fernandes... I don't know where to start. That was one of his worst... Was it one of his worst performances? I don't know. Maybe he puts in those performances sometimes, but he sort of gets an assist and gets a goal, and we overlook the performance. But that is one of the ones where I always make the case, now, not every week, but it's why I sort of constantly make the case that at times, one matter or a Donny van der Beek or even a Jesse Lingard in form should be playing over Bruno Fernandes. Now, ultimately, Bruno Fernandes' contribution in regards to goals, keep him, and rightly so, keep him in the team. But uh, Bruno Fernandes... Are you putting any of this down to the contract or are you putting this down to bad form and just the collective? It's just not working for him at the moment. I mean, Tom has had this problem his whole career. I mean, not his whole career, but when he's not creating or he's not scoring, he's just someone who constantly loses the ball. He needs to tidy up his game. I just think for his age and the role he plays in the team, I'm all for being a risk taker, but everything he did today just... He was the worst player on the pitch. In the offensive end, anyway. He was... There was one ball he picked up off the back four. 
and he got caught in two minds on who to pass it to, and he didn't make up his mind until after he struck the ball, and the ball just went straight to a Norwich player, and they were sort of through on goal. And look, you're never going to question Bruno's effort and desire, and he got back and made it hard, and nothing came of it. But um, he is a player where you can have one of them, okay? And now Pogba and Jesse Lingard sort of weren't really careless with the ball. I thought, as I said, both were quite good on the ball. So, okay, this is one where, okay, Bruno's that one player who can take a little bit of a risk, but you can't be taking a risk with those two when Jesse Lingard and Paul Pogba are next to you in regards to the defensive side of things. So, weird one with Bruno Fernandes. Look, I still love the guy, and I still think he's so important to Manchester United and well-deserving yeah. of his a new contract. But in regards to his performances recently and this one against the bottom team, um, you have to call it out. He was shocking, in my opinion. Oh, yeah, he was. He, he was not good. He was not good. Anything else on the match you want to discuss? Or well, we mentioned that other man, Paul Pogba. As I said, a weird situation before the match in regards to the protests, the team lineup, the Paul Pogba situation. He was booed when he was substituted. He came off, and there was a chance of f off Pogba from the Stretford end. Hmm. He walked off, and then he was walking down the tunnel at the end of the game, and he cupped his ears. As obviously he's heard one or two things from the crowd. Again, weird situation. Uh, what do you make of that inter- sort of the altercation between the fans and Paul Pogba? I don't like booing your own players. I never have. Uh, and it's not something I'd personally condone. But in uh, um, in saying that, you can sort of get it. I mean, like I said, I wouldn't do it. But I think for the match-going fan, like a lot of these people out there, we also have to remember that, you know, these guys sacrifice savings or going to nice dinners to get a season ticket. So for a lot of these guys, Manchester United is literally – the single or one of the most important things in their lives. And then you've got this other guy who's a millionaire and comes out and says things like the season's dead and he's running down his contract at the very, until the very last minute until he decides. I can understand why they've had it with him, to be honest. Yeah, no, look, I, I share the frustration 100%. I, I agree with you in regards to, we made this point a couple of weeks ago, in regards to booing, it's a weird thing to do. I, I don't see the point in booing. Uh, maybe you can then make a point. Then maybe you can make a point, um, point saying F off Pogba. Do you agree with that? Probably not. But no. in terms, you can understand the frustration. And look, it's one of those ones where I don't like Pogba giving it back to them. But ultimately, he's in that weird position where maybe fair play to him for giving it back. If you're going to give it to him, you've got to be able to take it. So it is just an unfortunate situation on how that has un- unfolded. As I said, in regards to Pogba's f- performance on the ball, I think it was relatively fine. And as I said, maybe one of our better players, but off the ball... Ultimately, it's a debate we've been having for six years now, five or six years. So ultimately, I will be glad to see the back of him. I do wish him well, but it's just a. everyone needs this season to end. We need the season to end as fans. The players need this season to end. The manager needs this season. The club needs this to end. A few more weeks left, but Larry, we have a different picture now. Top four was dead or season was dead, as Paul Pogba put it. We said that as fans. Ultimately, Spurs lose, which I... Was not a shock at all for me. I, I, I thought Brighton were going to win that match. Um, or more, more importantly, Spurs drop points. Arsenal, no shock. They dropped points away at Southampton or lost the match away at Southampton. Shockingly, United beat Norwich at home. Three points off. Are we three points off Tottenham now? Yeah, three points. Off. Can I say Arsenal have absolutely bottled this? They were my, three my worry, clear. My worry about Arsenal there is they've lost three on the bounce now. Their next game is against Chelsea, which you assume they're going to lose. That's four on the bounce. Then the next game is Man United, Arsenal, Man United, Arsenal. Can they lose five games on the bounce? I, just, I don't see that as a possibility. I don't see teams at the bottom of the table losing five games on the bounce, let alone a club like Arsenal. That worries me. 
with Arsenal, all things are possible, my friend. I mean, look, let's let's look forward for ourselves. We got Liverpool at Anfield oh, coming up next, so we're gonna reminder. come back down to earth real quick. And I promise you, here's a little spoiler for the preview: we are not getting three points. We're not getting one point. It's a matter of how much United lose by, and and we will lose. I promise you that. Sadly, I agree. I, I, I don't see any other situation. I can only see us conceding in the first couple of minutes. I can see Diego Jota or Sadio Mane scoring in the first two or three minutes, unfortunately. And when that happens, if slash when, but I think more so when, I think it's going to be a long night. Uh, I think Liverpool will be up for it. Obviously, a huge confidence boost for them, beating Manchester City in the FA Cup final. We don't like to admit the potential amount of trophies they could win this season. Um, we always have this debate about a team coming into the end of the season. Are oh, they going to win the quadruple? They're going to win the treble, and obviously it never happens. But you look at the situation they find themselves in now. <laughs> what can you do? There's nothing you can do. Um, fingers crossed. Let's say Harry Maguire can make all things right and put a header in or keep a clean sheet and all will be forgiven. Or Bruno Fernandes can drop a one out of 10 performance and bundle home a 90th minute winner. And I'll call that a successful season, in my opinion. If we can stop them winning the league, my God, unfortunately, that is the goal this season. Well, that is where I am at at the moment. But um, we will obviously preview probably tomorrow night because it's a Wednesday morning kickoff um, in Sydney. So I'll probably do a preview Monday night. Um, if you can join us for that, we'll make sure that is a live video. But anything else to add, Larry, on the weekend? No. Uh, enjoy your Easter, everyone. Have a great feed. Enjoy time with your family. I mean, it's, it is the holidays. So, you know, forget United for a day. Go enjoy yourselves. Well, enjoy it. As I said, it's United's first win in a month. So if that's not something to enjoy, just go and enjoy a smile for a couple of days until yeah, until we get away in field and we get put, unfortunately, back in our place. But hopefully everyone did enjoy that. Hopefully you have had a good weekend and continue to do so. Um, you're holding your phone now, so it takes one second to click like. You're holding your phone, just go bang, click like. No skin off your back, but it truly uh, means the world to Larry and I, that interaction. Um, and obviously, if you are watching on playback, please do leave your thoughts in the comments. Three, two, ones. There might be a bit sort of bias and give him one matter of point or did he deserve a point? Um, let us know because I'll probably be picking him in my team selection over Paul Pogba and Jesse Lingard this week against Liverpool. Not that... Look, he, well, he, you smile, Larry. Has Paul, uh, since Paul Pogba has returned, has Paul Pogba put a performance in at Anfield? I think one matters the one. If you're going to keep the ball against the likes of Norwich, absolutely. Against Liverpool at Anfield where you're going to need a run all game, I, I don't think it's the game for one matter. I'll tend to agree, but answer the question. Has Paul Pogba turned up in six years at Anfield? No. I'd argue he hasn't turned up. up for a majority of the six years. But one matter has turned up at Anfield. So that is a sneak into my team selection. But make sure you tune in tomorrow night. I um, truly appreciate all that. And as I said, please do leave a like on the video and we'll chat to you then. Cheers as always, Larry. Cheers, mate. Have a good Cheers, one. Mate.